We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! How good you guys! And welcome back to another episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, The Bearcast. We are back. With a slight delay? Is it a slight delay? I think it is. It's a slight delay. Very slight. Very slight. Very slight. Not that much. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, we're not on a schedule like football season. So I think most people like look out for our podcast like on Monday so they can listen on their commute after, during football season. But during the off season, like the only reason we're late is because we we try to like accrue as much news as possible that we can fill out like 45 minutes to an hour. And without without going off on yeah tangents. without going off on tangents so this week happened to be a pretty slow news week except for like a couple of things um, but you know what uh, the Olympics have started I haven't watched a single wow a single clip wow I, I saw the people huddled around watching people playing ping pong okay and I was like not yet. <laughs> not, yet. not yet. When is when is that borderline? Like when do you cross into the the realm of watching Rio twenty sixteen nonstop? Well, I felt bad that I missed the Michael Phelps like in the men's yesterday. Relay. Yes, yeah. So I saw that and was like, oh, I I should have watched that. And we the thing is, I don't have cable, so uh-huh. I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, but I have Apple TV, and then all the ways to get around it. Yes, so. I should watch more, but I've been reading Bill Walsh's um, uh-huh. like book on leadership, yeah. and called "The Score Will Take Care of Itself." And I've just been passing on television to continue to read. To try and finish that, yeah. So yeah. I feel like I have a good reason, but um, but the yeah. book can also wait too, right? Like this only comes every once every four years. <laughs> <laughs> like that book will be there come September. It's a, it's a good point. <laughs> the book isn't going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I had that debate about the Cal versus Texas game, and yes. my buddy is his birthday. I miss his but it's my best friend um, Taylor, who I've his dad and my dad are roommates in college, and so I've known him literally forever. Yes, and it happens so that Diana and I anniversary is the same weekend as of his birthday. <laughs> so this year I was like, okay, I'm actually going to be at your birthday, and he wants to go hike half dome. Well, his birthday or a Saturday is Texas <laughs> coming to Cal, and I was like. 
Texas hasn't been to Cal in like 40 years. Right? And we beat them last year, and it's the return game. It's, exactly. And it's a Friday night game, or Saturday night game. Exactly. And so I was like, well, Half Dome isn't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Cal versus Texas at, at Berkeley, like, you never know. So I, I let him know that I'm going to be here for the game. <laughs> he, was he disappointed? Could he be? Yeah, I'm sure he was disappointed. But he went to Cal with me, so I was like, hey, would you be down to go to the Cal-Texas game and then drive up to Half Dome and then do that Sunday? And then do it Sunday. He's like, nah, it would be way too much. It's probably smart thinking. Yes, yes, yes. Um, That's probably not smart to drive after like a a 7.30 to 10 p.m. game, knowing of what the festivities that's going to happen before the game up leading up to 7.32. So I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, though, I've been watching a lot of Rio. I mean, I, maybe it's the whole thing of me growing up in Korea where national sports is is a big deal. Um, everything uh, for us. I mean, we're known to be good at archery. We're known to be good at judo. We're known to be good at taekwondo because it's our sport. Um, we're not bad at soccer. I mean, we won, we won bronze four years ago, um, and that's what we're going for again this year, or a medal this year. Uh, <laughs> Aim for the bronze. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, those guys, those, I mean, I don't think there's a single team that wants it more because these guys, Koreans, I'm not a Korean citizen. I was born here. So, but Korean men have compulsory military service, two years military duty that they have to attend even if you're an athlete doesn't matter where you are two years you have to go um so but if you win an olympic medal and you you are a you are a male you're exempt you don't have to go in the military um just medal yeah just medal top three what a great incentive yeah so it, it gives you incentive to do well right to to I don't know. I don't know how it's to put it. It, it. it gives you more than just the hunger of beating your opponent. Like, I don't want to say you're wasting two years of your life serving in the military because that's definitely. I don't. I don't think that's the case. But if you're an athlete, I think your time, your your little gap of making money of of what you do professionally, right? Like, let's say you're a soccer player. You know, if you if you start at the age of 18 and you're probably going to retire, let's say, in the age of 33, that's not a big window to make a lot of money as a professional. And you get two years of that taken away from you by playing or by serving in the military. It's not good for your just long term plan. A lot of people talk about that with baseball and yeah. the draft and, and that happened. I think Willie Mays was a lot of those guys were yeah. forced out of there in the middle of their career. You have a little bit more longevity in that sport, but yeah, yeah totally. I mean, there's uh, particular sports where age 28 is where you start to see the decline. Yeah, I mean, you see gymnasts, you see like figure skaters, like the average, you know, people who win medals are probably lower than 24, I think. I think that's like, I think Christine Yamaguchi, she retired when she was, I think, I think late 20s. Like Kim Yana, the, the Korean figure skater, probably people know her as. Arguably the best figure skater of all time. She set a world record in points that you get from doing a figure skating routine. And she she retired at the age of 28. So, I mean, the lifespans are short. So to see these guys, especially, that's why I love watching the Korean national team play. I mean, especially the men's. Just because I love watching the women's too. The women's fencing team, the archery, like, it's crazy how good they are. It's, it's incredible. But you see a little twinkle in the eyes of the men 
um, just because they know what's on the line. Like, it's not just a medal. Um, and I don't know how it works in the States here, but for Koreans, when you win a medal, um, you get, like, a pension payment from the government. Really? You get money. You get money sent to you. I, don't, I think it's yearly. I think it's yearly. I'm pretty sure it's yearly. Uh, don't quote me on that. It might be monthly. Uh, but you get you get money for every medal you win. So just arbitrarily, let's just set it at like golds are $300 a month, you know? And so Phelps would be chilling. Yeah. For the rest of your life. <laughs> that's the crazier part. It's for the rest of your life. Oh, that's, that's good. So I was actually wondering this because there's not a lot of parody in tennis. No. Tennis is not a sport that's filled with parody, especially when you look at people like Serena Williams oh, yeah. and Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Like, and he lost yesterday too. Right. So I was kind of like, well, if I was Novak, not, and, and you know, he's, I heard he's an amazing guy yeah. and I love actually, he's like my favorite player has been for a very long time. But if, if I was him and I was evaluating the Olympics, would I go and participate, hold my country's flag, represent the country, and then maybe not try as hard knowing that I have a $5 million purse waiting for me two weeks later in the U S open. See? Yeah. I had that question too. I mean, Venus and Torino losing in doubles, right? You see that in tennis, you see that in golf. Um, you see that, I think maybe a little bit with team USA basketball as well. I'd say you, you can definitely make the argument there. A lot of these sports have pro athletes that compete, but do you, I don't know. Sometimes you do get the sense that maybe they are holding a little bit back. Then, if that's the case, why don't you make the rule like soccer? You know, you make it where it's under twenty-three. Like the guys that compete for for soccer, you know, out of your sixteen, eighteen-man squad, um, fifteen have to be under the age of twenty-three. You're you're given three wild cards, so you can pick three guys over the age of twenty-three. But the rest of your team has to be under the age of twenty-three. So that gives that gives a little bit of more... Gives a rise to, like, new exactly. players, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and amateur guys, too, you know? Like, tennis, you could have college guys compete f- as Team USA. You know, you won't have the, the like, the Roddicks of the day, you know? Like, as he's, you know, already in his prime. Like, you'll... It's sad that you have to go to Roddick, because there isn't anyone else. <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone else. Um, <laughs> Ishner? Maybe Ishner. Isner? Isner, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? That's, he's good. Same... Same query. Yeah. Is all right. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> I had about it. Yeah. But I had to go back. I had to go back to Roddick. Um, so, yeah, I, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, you know, what if they make it so that, because these pro athletes don't have a lot to fight for other than to play for their country, right? But, you know, maybe it's, you know, if, let's say, like, we're, we'll go off the Novak case. What if someone else from Serbia is, you know, a rising tennis star and he might not ever get the chance to play in the Olympics, right? Or he might not be good enough ever to, to you know, be winning grand slams like Novak does. But if Novak, let's say, t- takes a step back, then that kid or that guy has a shot to win something of importance in his life, right? In terms of that sport, he gets to win an Olympic gold. So, I don't yeah, know. It's tough. It's, 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 a, it's a really tough balance because you want to see your best athletes represent your country at this type of event. But at the same time, if they're not going to go 100% because, as you said, you know, two weeks later, you have the chance of winning $5 million at the U.S. Open, then does that really give them incentive to go out and win a gold? Like, the other sports, you know, these guys have once every four years to win, you know? 
Agreed. The, the lifespan of certain of some of these athletes are so so small. Like you look at the track and field guys, like how like realistically, like a shot put guy or like a javelin thrower, like how much is he making as a as a quote unquote pro athlete yearly compared to the even, basketball, even volleyball, exactly, even volleyball, and that's a pretty mainstream sport too. In the Olympics, it's it feels like it has more importance. Yeah. And then, it, and then it fades back. It, it kind of comes yeah. and goes. Yeah. But volleyball, you know, I think we they just did the eight. Uh, I don't know what it's called. The AVP, maybe? Um, I think it might be, in, yeah. Uh, SF. And yeah. I think, like, you make... I think my buddy, um, his friend was playing in it and says, you know, if he wins, he might take home, like, seven grand. But there's only four of those tournaments a oh year. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, you start getting into these numbers where... Yeah, exactly. So that's why I think swimming... Swimming is a great example. Yeah. It's so exciting, but when is there ever a platform this big and an audience this big exactly. for swimmers? With tennis, you have more of that audience more consistently. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, if I was looking at Serena if I, and I'm looking at Novak and anyone else, really, I like really wouldn't blame them if exactly. No. It's, is it worth it for me to go out and get hurt? No. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So I, don't, I like that idea. I also am really excited about surfing. The fact that they made it an Olympic sport. Yeah. That is going to be so exciting. I really wish they made baseball and back to an Olympic sport. Um, I agree. I do miss it. I, I, like, I, I don't know. The Team USA, they always sent like college players and, and minor league guys, which I think that was cool. I think that was a really cool aspect of it was you give these guys a shot to maybe maybe j- jumpstart their career uh, playing for Team USA because you know I think baseball is one of those sports where it's 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 so relevant here in the U.S. and it's relevant for a lot of people. It's global too. Yeah, it's pretty global. You know, the, the we the Koreans have a professional league, the Japanese have a professional league, um, anywhere in know, the DR, exactly, Latin America, exactly, and the, uh, and you don't give those guys a platform to do. I mean, the WBC is the WBC, but. That's kind of fine. It's kind of, <laughs> but those rules were weird. I mean, how do you? How did Korea play Japan three times after they played in the group together? Like, how was? How do you set up? I don't. I don't understand how that works. Like, we played Japan in the group stages, then we played them again, like in the, like the the like the uh, quarterfinals, and then we played them again in the finals. Like, how? How does that work? How do we? <laughs> like I, I was just so confused as to how that worked, um, but yeah, that's you know it's it's a it's a topic that should be discussed, you know, especially with you know we're, I, the Cal guys are all over this, you know, all over. I mean, they said yesterday if Cal wasn't if Cal was a separate entity, like if we were a nation, we would be sixth on the medal chart. That's incredible. So sick. That's incredible. Yeah, my buddy texted our, our friends today and said, you know, why are Americans so good at swimming? And I was like, correction, why are Cal athletes <laughs> such good swimmers? It's amazing. It's it's incredible. I I don't... I, I mean, I, I have... Every year, I think I get a newfound respect for a sport at our university. Yeah. Swimming just got that this year for me. Just, I mean, the women's relay the other day, about two, three days ago... You know, they won, I believe, I think they did win gold. They won gold. The team of four were two Cal and two Stanford. <laughs> Bay Area. Yeah. Last night, the men, the men's relay, uh, the 400 relay with Michael Phelps. 
two of those guys, Cal swimmers. <laughs> when does it end? It's when does it end? I don't think it ends. So cool. It doesn't end. <clears throat> um, so tell us what to watch for. In the Olympics? What's coming up? Like, wh- why should I watch in the next few days? Like, what should I look out for? What's you know what? There's, exciting? there's a lot. I mean, some of the sports have... I personally, I'm a big fan of uh, judo at the Olympics. Um, if, you, if you don't watch judo, I, which I didn't until I started watching the Olympics when I got a little older, like in high school. Uh, but the, the fun part about judo is you knock someone on their back, right? Or you knock um, like them to the floor. That's a point. Right. You, you get you get points and the timer goes down and it's just whoever has the most points at the end. But that's not the only way you can win. There's other there's two more ways you can, which is one, you pin them to the floor and you get both like the WWE. You get both shoulder blades pinned to the floor. And if you can hold it for I think the ref starts to count. And if you can hold it for X many seconds, you can that's an automatic victory hmm. um, or. Uh, in Korean, it's called a. In Korean, it's hanpan. So what that means is uh, like a like a one-time winner, like a one-timer. So what you do is if you can flip your opponent over your back, right? So if you've seen Yudo, you know they kind of grab their grab the shirt and like tugging at each other. So uh, the best way to think about it is if if you and I, if I have, if I'm holding on to your shirt, right, and I turn my back into you. And then lift you over my back, and then I, I, and then your your back hits the ground. Yeah, that's that's a that's a game ender. Like if I can ro- if I roll my opponent off of my if I get them like off their feet over my back, and then hit the floor. That's that's the game. So you can be up eight points. You can be up nine points, and with ten seconds left, the guy does that to you. That's done. They won. Like you, <laughs> you, you nothing worked. <laughs> so. That's for me. That's why it's fun because every single like little movement up until the end of the counter matters. So I've been watching a lot of judo, uh, women's and men's. It's it's crazy because when you get into the heavyweight groups, like you don't expect like guys. They're like a hundred kilograms, and they're able to just whip the guy over their shoulder and, and you see him hit the floor. Like it's it feels degrading. I think if I was the opponent and I got flipped over and that's how I lost the game. Oh my god, I might quit. Uh, um, so yeah, judo is one of those Olympic soccer, of course. Um, my Korean team is pretty good. Uh, we had a great game yesterday. We tied Germany three, three. It was a fun game too. Cause we were up one zero. Then they scored two. So we were down two one. Then we scored two. So we were up three, two. And in the waning minutes of the game, like the 92nd minute, they scored off a free kick. So it ended three, three. So it was one of those that went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so, yeah, I mean, we have our next game tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, I believe, against Mexico. So I'm sorry if you're uh, if you're of Mexican descent and you're listening to this, but I'm rooting for my Koreans. <laughs> but Mexico is perennially being good at these under 23 type deals. So, yeah, I think, yeah, judo is one of those. Handball is one of those weird sports that I rarely like you don't hear of. But it's it's very fun to watch because it it goes back and forth. Um, if you get the chance, if you get the chance, I highly recommend watching a handball game. Just just watch it from you know beginning to end. Like if if it gets boring a little way through, just watch it from beginning because the I still don't have a full grasp of what the rules are. Um, but it's just it's just a 
it feels like a playground game. Like it's, it feels like something I invented with like six of my friends, like just because we had two nets and a ball, like we, we couldn't so figure awesome. out anything to do. And that's, that's what happened. But it, it's, it's intriguing how the team play works. And it, it, it's, it feels like hockey in an indoor soccer stadium, hmm. but using your hands. Like, does that, if that makes sense, it's really fast paced is what I'm trying to get at. I guess is that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, so that's one of the sports I think. Those three sports: Olympic soccer, soccer, just because I'm a huge soccer guy, judo, and uh, yeah, yeah. Taekwondo hasn't started yet, so once that starts, I think getting into that, just like judo and taekwondo, if you can land a, a kick to the guy's head, that's a one, that's a game ender that, that ends the that ends the match. So um, it's crazy how fast their feet are and how fast they kick. So. Yeah, those are those are pretty much it for me. Um, yeah, if you have any if you have any other things or have any arguments against me, just tweet at me. We'll have a good discussion. Um, moving on from Rio, let's move on to Cal football. There's been quite a bit of news this week. Um, we'll start with the first one: is Austin Aaron retires from Cal football and decides to focus on school. So he is retired from football in total, um, but he is remaining at Cal. He is a Cal legacy kid. Uh, his grand, I think his grandfather went to Cal. His dad went to Cal. Third generation. Yeah, he's a third generation Cal guy. Um, so he wants to stay here. I, if he, his uh, letter is up on his Twitter account, so you can read it if you want. But I read it. it, it the, you know, for those who haven't read it, the basic gist of it is that he doesn't. He basically doesn't enjoy or love football as much as he used to. Um, he just feels like there's something else. Like he, he doesn't feel like football is his calling anymore. I think that's the thing he was trying to get at. Um, so he's trying to look for something else to do now. And for me, I, you know what? I high hopes for him because he's, he's a huge kid. Um, I think he could have been a crazy good red zone threat. But, I mean, it's admirable that he realized, you know, like that's a really mature thing to do, right? To realize something that you've been doing for, let's say, eight, eight plus years and finally say, you know what? I don't think this is the right path for me, you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take school seriously and I'm going to try and figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Uh, that's I, I nothing but applause. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And I think uh, his letter is really well written, and um, I really like that he uh, thanked Coach like Damon. Yeah, and um, you can tell he had really good guidance on that. And then Sonny's comments were obviously overwhelmingly positive and overwhelmingly Sunny. Yeah, <laughs> like he was like yeah. classic. Oh, just a great kid, great yeah. young man. <laughs> You know, every single time. He embodies like, oh. everything that we want this program to be. <laughs> so either Sunday is just nailing his recruits or no. Um, that was, it was cool, to, especially if you see it from generation to generation, like third generation, you would think there'd be a lot of pressure. So it's cool to see from the family side that he didn't feel that it was, there was that much pressure to stay in it if his heart wasn't there too. Because I think if you put this maybe 20 years ago, there used to be that feeling of, oh, you better do this. The legacy feeling. Yeah, exactly. So even the the Manning, that one Manning that wasn't the football player used to get all that, like, oh, why aren't you a quarterback? Yeah. So good for Austin. I'm excited for him. And I agree with you. Like, what a threat that he is with his height. And it's interesting to just think about, like, what if he'd end up going to Michigan if exactly Cal's are just very loaded at wide receiver? I wonder, you know, how that would have gone down. Which, by the way, a very quick aside. Harbaugh did that Sunday night conversation. Man, was that strange. Did you watch I it? did not have a chance to see that. Yeah, he's like, I love that guy, and but it was weird. It was he like, says some shit. weird things. And he like, 
it, it was the first time I really saw the different side of him of where like, like he, you're talking to him, but he's not, I, it didn't really seem like he was being really like conversational or like that. He was even willing to consider the other way of viewing it. And it was the first time I really saw him with that side of things. And I, I've heard it. I heard it from the media and the 49ers and all that, but it was very weird to go up and, and watch that conversation with how like, cause the reporter would say, you know, some people would say you're this. And he's like, Oh, I haven't heard that. And like, and he just like would stare at him oddly. <laughs> it was just very awkward. Very puzzled. Yeah. Why would you even say that? It was that type I of like, like he couldn't. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so it would have been interesting to see if Austin Aaron had had a different career going to Michigan, but I'm really happy that he's going to focus on graduating. And we saw that with Zach Klein. We yep. seen that with a bunch of players. Seems yep. like they have a good head on their shoulders. Yep. Um, another, and then another departure, uh, Carlos Strickland has decided to move back home and be closer to his family. Um, I don't know if you've been able to watch the 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 video of Sonny talking about Strickland leaving. I think it was a couple of days ago that we asked him at practice. Um, but, you know, if you read the letter, too, um, he said his grandfather got ill. Um, and then Sonny also said that, you know, he just felt a little homesick. Um, and it seemed like it was a surprise. It did. It did. It really did. Just because he was at practice the day before. I had I saw him at practice. You raved about him. Yeah. I saw him practicing at practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> We're talking about practice. 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 We're talking about practice. Oh, my um, teammate's going to get better. <laughs> yeah. And then the day after is in the morning, this news breaks. And then we asked him uh, later that day, and he said, yeah, you know, it was kind of unexpected. We're sad to see him go, but, you know, he was homesick, and he wanted to return home. Like, nah, I don't have anything against a kid that wants to go home. I mean, if he has, if he has something against the whole... Like, I'm not going to get playing time here. Like, like I don't, you know, I deserve to be treated better. Then please, by all means, leave. No, I don't think. I, but I, no, I think that's what I'm saying. He's, he's not. It's not that case. So for me, if you're homesick, you know, he's from Texas and you, you find out that your grandfather's ill. Um, and if you're close to your family like that, you know. Yeah, that'll do it. You have to make you it. have to make those decisions. And, you know, he he decided to make that decision to play somewhere closer to home and be closer to his family. And by all means, I mean family first, right? I don't think I don't think there's a I don't think there's anyone in the world that would disregard that. And I'm sure he talked with his family. I'm sure he made the decision that you know maybe some people in his family said you know you should stay, you should continue. But if he wanted to return home, he wanted to return home, and that's the end of it for me. I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to reform wherever he goes. Personally, I hope he kind of goes back if. Maybe he goes to Texas Tech. If he goes to Tech, I'll, I'll I definitely root for him. Um, I don't know. I kind of fell in love with the whole jerseys of Texas Tech and the red and the the red Raiders thing, black with the Graham Harrell to uh, to Michael Crabtree days um, when they beat Texas. Yeah, but that wasn't was that a similar team that beat Cal in the Holiday Bowl? Was it? No, because this is this is. No, no, no. Oh, that was early two thousands. That was oh six. Yeah, yeah. Crabtree so was. Crabtree couldn't have been that much further behind that. Yeah, this was when we were in college. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. The Mike Leach Texas Tech with yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. My my love for Cal started in two thousand seven. So anything that happened before then is what ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous in all fronts. 
taught us. Yeah. Um, no, man. Yeah. I remember that season very well. <laughs> I have a long life served as a Cal fan. <laughs> Many disappointing rides home on the 51 with a bunch of happy Stanford fans. This is the year, man. I feel good. Okay, so... All right, we'll we'll cover it. Yeah, let's we'll cover it. Let's finish the let's finish the stories. Uh, last thing, uh, so Grayson Bankhead wasn't available. Uh, we didn't see him at practice, and we were wondering where he was until he tweeted out about a week or two ago something about you know road to recovery, and all of us were like, what? And then a couple days ago, he tweeted out pictures of his surgery um, on Twitter. It looked, I, it, he basically broke the upper part of his femur, so like the femur like. Like maybe a couple inches down from his hip, um, and there's two like uh, there's two like nails in his leg. Um, <laughs> I saw that and I was, Dude, I don't know if he'll ever be able to play football again. <laughs> Sonny said that they were aware of the injury and aware of his location, but he wasn't. They were declining to comment. Basically, that's what it was. Okay. Um, and so, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to. To explain that, I think it was an off-field, in- so off-field injury. I would have to assume so if they're unwilling to talk about it. But I just uh, there's just so many variables. I mean, something easily could have happened during the couple of weeks off that they had when they went home. Um, something could have easily. I mean, he could have, you know, it could have been just him walking out of the shower and just hip, hip, you know, just falling onto his hip and it just it just breaking, you know, it just hit it at the right angle. So I don't know, but. If you look at those pictures, I mean, those are some big nails that are in his femur. It's, oh, God. Like, I don't even want to imagine, like, the pain of going through what had happened. Um, But it does not look like he'll be playing football this year. So, you know, he's on the road to recovery. Uh, Everyone was high on him, too. He Everyone liked how, I know Nam really liked how he was a really good route runner. He was we saw him in the fall uh, in spring ball. He was a really, really good route runner. Like he, his route running and the breaks out of, breaks on his routes were just on point. Like it was textbook. Like you, he, it was better than a, a, a Madden wide receiver. Like the way he broke out of his routes. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I'm sad um, just because now we, we lost three wide receivers in the span of like a week and a half. But at the same time, I mean, what's the one unit that we have crazy depth at? Water receiver. Um, the only thing is, you know, we lost Austin Aaron. We lost Carlos Strickland. We lost two guys that are above 6'3". We lost two pretty big ones. Um, so, you know, the next guy up that has to step up, you know, Drew Kobayashi is like 6'3", I believe. Um, Jordan Vesey is like 6'2". Yeah, as I say, um, BC is the one that's going to be taking that role. Yeah, so we got, we got, some, we got some tall guys, uh, but it just... Yeah, but you know what this also means is that we'll we'll probably be in the hunt for another wide receiver this upcoming recruiting cycle. So I have a feeling we're going to be in the hunt for wide receivers every recruiting cycle. Just a little less than usual. How big is Jordan Duncan? Jordan Duncan, I believe, is six. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I can look at. I look. I, I we can look at the roster sheet I brought us from practice. Uh, let's see. Jordan Duncan here is six two two ten. Okay. So, eh, not bad. Not bad. Um, he's got the height. So, I think that's the big thing, right, is that every wide receiver position demands something different in our offense. Um, and on top of that, they want to diversify the type of wide receivers they have at every position. You know, you don't, you don't always want to have just speedy guys that are in the slot. 
and really, really tall guys on the outside. Or you like know Logan speedy. Gamble is six six. Yes, Logan Gamble is one of the other big big guys. Um, so I just don't think he has enough to to help out right away. Mm-hmm. I think he has the ability to help out later down the road. Um, but yeah, six six wide receiver on the outside is very enticing. Very enticing. So yeah, that's all the news we have. Um, on to just some fall camp stuff. I mean, I've been at fall camp pretty much every single day, uh, except one maybe. Um, so actually two. I'm still on. I didn't go to two. Uh, but you know what? I've been writing the the notebooks. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if y'all have been uh, reading up on them. But if you have the chance, please do. I put them up the morning after every practice. So pretty much, you'll get a practice report. On Tuesday, thir- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're really entertaining. Because it's really well done. a week later. I enjoy them quite a bit. Um, and also the questions. Yes. yes. <laughs> disclaimer. Disclaimer about those notebooks. One, um, the people that ask about the D-line and the O-line, we can't really tell unless they're in full pads. I, people have to understand this. It is most days, other, last week, other than Friday and Saturday, the entire team was just in shells and helmets, and they were just in gym shorts. So they're not allowed to go 100% in terms of full contact and tackling. So it's hard to kind of tell, like, oh, is the D-line making improvements? Are they getting better at tackling? You know, can they plug the holes more? Like, it's hard to tell. It's, that's just how it is. It's just hard to tell because you're not going to see them go into the face of the, the lineman, nor are they going to go all out to go after the quarterback because you can't. You can't touch the quarterback anyways. So just people need to understand that, that, you know, when it's on, when it's full pad day, I'll definitely be looking at that. Um, but just on regular days, it's just really tough. Uh, it's, you know, I sometimes mention the, the one-on-ones that the O-line versus D-line does. And, you know, I'll, I'll pull some things out of there, but that only goes so far, right? It's just, you can kind of, you know, like the other day, I think it was a, uh, more Steve Moore literally picked up uh, I think it was Chris Yagi he like literally just picked him up and like threw him to the ground <laughs> like it wasn't even a match um, I think it was Chris Yagi I might be wrong um, I, I think it might be someone else but um, speaking of D-line and online one guy that has that has really caught my eye is um, Cameron Saffold so Saville played 11s as the starter because Noah Westerfield was out. He rolled his ankle, I think, on Wednesday. So he was out of full practice or full pad day, the two days. And Cameron Saffle filled in. Man, um, he's got great speed off the line. He's got great burst. Um, and he, he uses his hands well. And you can definitely tell he's going he's gonna to bother some right tackle and right guard uh, <laughs> throughout this year. The only question is, can can we get enough balance on the other side um, to do that? Because if Noah comes back, Cameron's being pushed back to two. So when our D-line gets switched out, that means on the other side, it's not Devontae Wilson anymore. It'll It's hard to say who the number two is at this point in time um, at the other spot. It could be Chinedu. It could be... Uh, Where's Devontae go? Well, Devontae's the starter. Right. He's the starter. At, at right end. Right. So if what I'm saying is if the ones get substituted out, then Cameron Saffold comes in with the twos on the left side. The question is who's the other DN on the right side? Will they get enough pressure that they don't just double team this side on Saffold? 
Um, so that's the one thing I'm looking out for um, that I'm definitely looking out for. So, oh. I'm sinking, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> My mic is sinking off. There you go. We're having a... Thanks, buddy. All right, technical difficulties, um, but we're good. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's a little. That's my little blurb on the D line. Okay. Um, but I have one question for you that's been burning in my mind. You could give me as many questions as you want about about fall camp. I, I'll try to answer all of them. Why is Nam so hyped? Why is Nam so hyped? He hasn't even been to a single practice, and he's hyped. Wait, he hasn't even been to a practice? No, he lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> He's a, he, he's a school teacher in Los Angeles, and he is so hyped. I will tell you why he's hyped. What do you think of when I say Bear Raid 1.0? Jared Goff and his freshman to sophomore year. Okay. What do you think of when I say Bear Raid 2.0? Pretty much the last season. Right. So this year would be? 3.0. 3.0, right. But, but, but. That's it? No, but that's, not, that's not the only thing. I think... The reason people are so excited about 3.0 is, yes, maybe our quarterback quality has dipped a little bit. Okay? I will I will say this. Um, we were spoiled by Jared Goff. Uh, we – watching him – watching Davis Webb play at practice compared to all the practices I've been at seeing Jared play. And that's – I saw him play last spring camp um, and then this – past fall camp Mm -hmm. so i watched him play his his last year at at cal the two practices leading up to that season um so i mean some of the throws he made we were just oohing and aahing but it it got to the point where it got it numbed right it was just their fate was like oh that's money every time yeah it's just oh that's that's normal right that's normal it's not it wasn't it definitely is not (laughs) um but on this isn't giving me hype it's not the anti-hype yeah but I, I, but I give you the flip side. I, 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 I'm going to take that a step further, okay? So we might have dipped there a little bit, right? Interesting. But Davis Webb in his own right is a really, really good quarterback. He's a gunslinger. I dare say he has a better arm than Jared. Not by accuracy, okay? I'm not talking about accuracy. Strength? I'm talking about just pure strength-wise. He can heave it. He can definitely heave it. And the wide receivers that we have now, and this is not a knock on the guys that have left. This is not a knock on Bryce Treggs or Kenny Lawler or Steven Anderson or Darius Powell or Trevor Davis right, or Maurice Harris. But these guys, from a purely, purely talent standpoint at their age right now, is amazing. Hmm. It's, it's intriguing. Seeing, seeing, seeing D-Rob, seeing Jordan Duncan, seeing Melquise Stovall, right, those three guys are freshmen, and they're going to play significant snaps, right? This isn't like basketball where you get one year and these guys leave. We're having them for a minimum of three years, right? And they're already this good. They're all, they're already this good. You know, Chad Hansen's the, the, the elder statesman of the group, and he's, he's pretty dang good in his own right as well. Um, so I look at this going, all right. We might have our mistakes this season, right? right? We're going to, they're freshmen. They're going to make mistakes, 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 mistakes. One year. So he might not be on the same page with these wide receivers all season long. It's not like Jared 
with the Kenny Kenny Lawler connection that he had for you know three years and the Bryce Treggs he had for three years, right? It's not it's not like that. But just from pure stout, a talent standpoint, with those guys and with even the new running backs coming in, like Vic, Trey, Calfani, solid, right? But redshirt freshman uh, Billy McCrary, who's the number four back on the depth chart. Zion Eccles, who has inherited Javid Best's number four jersey. Uh, well, formerly Kenny Lawler's as well, but at, at a running back. You know, the last running back to wear the number four is Javid Best. Um, and then, of course, Derek Clark, number 22, Fabiano Hale, um, and Patrick Laird. Like, um, there's guys that you've never heard of but have been on our team for quite a while. And those guys are starting to show that they're pretty good. And especially you see it with Zion Eccles and you see it with Derek Clark, the two freshman running backs. They're fast. Um, and it, it finally gets us on par in terms of just from a talent level. From a talent level, right? Like, I hate putting the whole four-star, five-star thing out there, right? Because it's not always about that. But at the same time, they, those guys that were rated four-star, five-stars were ranked four-star, five-stars for a reason. And to have that foundation of those types of guys filling out key skill position spots is huge. And knowing that you're going to be seeing them develop, right? I think that's the crazy part. They're already this good, but you're going to be seeing them develop over three years. And you're going to see them with this offensive corner, with this offense start from scratch, right? With, you know, personally, I think, you know, the switch from Tony Franklin to, to, to Jake's battle, at least offensive-wise, right? Because I haven't even talked about the defense yet. But offensive-wise, you see these guys, and they're gonna, you're going to see them start to develop. You have a younger offensive coordinator, right? And all the other staff around them, too, is, are pretty young. You know, you look at Jacob Peeler and the, the tandem that the two of them work with, the, with Jacob Peeler and the receivers and um, Coach Spav with the, with the, with the quarterbacks. Um, so there's a, I think there's a better connection there. And he infused some, some like, freshness into the team. Some more, uh, I don't want to just say youth, but it, it, it definitely feels like there's more energy around the team. And, you know, you see it with the plays that, you know, the one-on-ones and you see it with the wide receivers. There's, there's just every time you're kind of getting out of your seat a little bit. Your, your butt leaves the chair a little bit every time Melky Stovall gets the ball in his hands. You see every time Demetrius Robinson goes on a streak, you kind of like, oh, oh, is that it? Is that it? Like there, we didn't have that for the longest time, right? You know, the last time we had that was Keenan Allen. The last time we had that was Deshaun Jackson. The last time we had that was Javid Best, Shane Vereen. Like, you know, the list goes on, but that list was quite a while ago. And the excite for me, the excitement is back. I think that's why I'm so I think that's why we're most so hyped is that that you know, Stovall can get a two yard pass that would normally have ended up, you know, in a three or four yard gain into a forty yard touchdown. Like we have that ability now. You know, I think we, as much as we hate SC, as much as we hate the you know those teams, like guys like for UCLA, like Thomas Duarte, guys like uh, uh, Juju and Adderay, right? For for SC, you know, we we kind of missed those big play guys, but now we have that, hmm. and we have that for three years. 
<laughs> you know, today, I'll, for, for me, with this question, I'll end it with this. Today, we, they did kickoffs. At one point during kickoffs, Demetrius Robertson and Melky Stovall were the two in the back waiting for kickoffs. All of us, Cal Rivals, um, Ryan Gorsi at Scout, me, we're just thinking, would you kick it to them? Or would you rather just kick it out of bounds and let them start at the 45? Like, it's... Because just this, this pure speed. I mean, people might say that I'm overhyping it, but when you go and watch practice and you see Demetrius Robertson running at full speed... By the way, he runs up. He said his his fastest forty time that's unofficial, right? It's hand time was a four two five. What? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, and he does a sixty two inch box jump. Yeah, I saw that. You saw that, but he said he does that. He's he's done that four or five times. Right, and he said I think the other time was like a sixty three or sixty four. What? <laughs> <laughs> Super casual. Yeah. Um, but that's how it is. And the, the fun part about it is that all these guys are so tight knit. Um, I saw the other day, we, you know, we were raining downstairs or on the field on, at the banner raining for Sonny. But I see, I see Demetrius Robertson go over to, to where all the quarterbacks are standing. Mm-hmm. And he's just joking around with all the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's joking around. Um, Melky Stovall is joking around with Calfani. Like it's, it feels less of football and more family. And if that's the atmosphere that you've built, these guys will play for one another. That's and, awesome, man. That's, and, the, that's the whole thing that we've been waiting for. Exactly. And, and, dreaming s- about. and recruits are going to come in and see that and go. That makes it special. Yeah. It makes it more than just the place that you visit. It makes this, it the people. This, these aren't people that I'm only going to know for four years or three exactly. years. Like, it's, it's, it's more than that. And so, for me, that feeling of that plus the talent level slowly increasing I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. Uh, it's hype. Is that hype. how you explain hype. it? <laughs> you know, but it's awesome. with an asterisk, like we'll end with D Rob, like five star guy, right? Everyone's hyped about D Rob. Everyone's hyped about D Rob, but he makes his mistakes. This is the first time he's as Sonny said that he's been a full time wide receiver. He's been an athlete all his career, which means. If you watch his high school tape, he's at running back. He's at the wildcat. He's outside on the wide receiver. He's inside. He's punt returning. He's kickoff returning. He's just the best team. He's the best player on the team. So you want him with the ball in his hands any way you can get it to him. But now that he's a full-time wide receiver uh, wide receiver guy, he needs to fully harness that that position. So that's why, you know, as of right now, Melchie Stovall, who's, a, who's all-purpose back, but he, he ran some slot stuff when he was in high school. Um, and you see Jordan Duncan. Those guys are a lot more polished as a wide receiver. Like, it's, it's, it's easy to see that as a wide receiver, they are better. It's just D-Rob is a way better athlete. So he'll make his mistakes. You know, he, he runs some routes weird. Uh, he comes out of his breaks sometimes unnaturally. Um, he's not, like, fully comfortable catching the ball every possession. But he grows every single practice. Like, the same play that I saw him not make the, the day before, he's already made the adjustment, and he's, he's doing it right the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's doing that day by day, oh, yeah. can you imagine year by year? This guy's the limit. Yeah, exactly. So I've been, uh, people have asked me, I said, you know what? I think D-Rob has the highest potential out of any of the guys we've ever recruited over the last, like, three years. But 
as of right now, Stovall and Dor- Jordan Duncan are our two best freshmen. Like, there's no question about it. What? Yeah. As of right now. Really? Yeah. As of right now, Jordan Duncan and Mookie Stovall are our two best freshmen. Wow. Yeah. Maybe my prediction isn't so far off after all. Your prediction is still pretty far <laughs> off. There's, there's no way that a red shirting a five-star. There's just no way. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. Yeah. But that's it. I mean, do you have any other questions about practice? That was my big one. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just, it's fun to read it and it's also fun to hear it. Yeah. Cause like there's only so much you can get out of what you read and, yeah. and like you can get bits and pieces, but when you're hearing it and a lot of it is things that I expected to happen. So when you talk about Rambo stepping up, I was like, yeah, that's what I expected. You yeah. talk about the length that we have on mm-hmm. the defensive side of the ball, interceptions, uh, playmaking ability. Like, yeah, that was kind of what I was expecting to see that mm-hmm. progress from the DBs. Um, I think the biggest surprise is the excitement behind the wide receivers. I thought there'd be more of a like caught, ca- like cautious or like, uh, maybe a little bit more concerned with yeah. just like you mentioned, right? We Lawler, Mo Harris, all Davis, like, um, and that's not even half of them. Like that's a significant loss. And so I thought like maybe there'd be like, Oh yeah, these are off. I did really like that. Davis Webb specifically called out, um, or when he arrived, he literally hit up, got all the wide receivers numbers. Like who wants to go play catch at three o'clock? Like I thought that was just exactly yeah. what I was looking for. Um, yeah, I saw that too. And I went, this guy's a, this guy's good. Yeah. He means and business. His work ethic right? is exactly. And yeah, it's just awesome when you see that level of professionalism and someone that's still young, yeah. super young, you yeah. don't have to approach it that way. Yeah. A lot of people might come in, as you say, you start to see a guy that is getting better each day and it's, 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 that's not something that you can just coach into somebody. No, uh, that it has to come from within. Yeah. You know, and the Davis Webb thing, I mean, you, you saw that whole interview. The first thing he says was he felt like he's been here for more than two months. Like, and if a grad transfer feels that way, I mean, freshmen are going to feel even more at home. Right. So how's yeah. the, uh, center showing up transfer or is it still the same? So, answer? so Brandon Jones gave an interview a couple of days ago, asked, and we asked him about the whole center position and about Stucky. Mm-hmm. Um, are all of us, like most of us, right? Why would you bring in a graduate student center when you're not going to play him at center? Right. That, that was our thought. Yeah. Brandon Jones said the guy he's looking for at center is the most vocal guy. The guy he's looking for is someone that can communicate with his, with the line as best to his ability as possible. And the best one that can make that offensive line unit the best. He said he took Jeremiah off that contention list because he's a very soft spoken guy. So where's he going to put him? So he said he's going to, he's, he wants Jeremiah to be that one year guy that plays all over the line. So he's not he's not he's not gonna not play. So he will play. He definitely will play. It's just they're gonna plug him in at right guard for a little bit. They're gonna plug him in at left guard for a little bit. They're gonna plug him in at left tackle for a little bit. I mean, because he's been around the block being an offensive lineman that he can play multiple positions. And so Jones said it wouldn't do him it, it wouldn't be a service to him, you know, to, to force him to be the, the vocal guy when his personality isn't that style. So that's why the two has so been Addison Ooms and Dominic Granado. And he did say at this point, Addison Ooms gets a slight nudge ahead of Dominic Granado. Hmm. Um, so, but that's going to be, I think, down to the wire. I really think that's going to be down to the wire. So, sure is nice to have depth. It sure does. It's it sure feels nice. Um, 
you know, for me, looking at that line, Aaron Cochran, that left left tackle, that's like set. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Borreo on the right, that's set. Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore on the right, that's set. Yeah. The only two you really have to worry about is left guard and center. Two guys that are already in contention for that. And whoever you put at left guard, you know, you have Jeremiah Stuckey to, to be that, that backup role. Or he could even be the starter at left guard, right? Um, and you'd have a pretty solid line. Um, Davis Webb, they asked him about how he feels about the offensive line. And he said, that's the one unit he's not worried about at all. It's awesome. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, that's that's... It's interesting. I mean, it's only been a week of camp, so there's not a lot of questions we can answer. And Connor, uh, Connor from the the San Francisco Chronicle, we were talking. We're like, people expect us to like write like a piece, you know, from camp like every single day. Like you guys write the notebooks, so like that's that's it. But like they want like a feature article and stuff every day. It's just camp. Like we're gonna run out of things to to, to write about like real soon. So we're kind of pacing it. Um, but at the same time. The time is getting close. Yeah. Like the countdown timer is getting really close. I mean, and we didn't get to begin camp early or anything like that, right? No, no. The so that the game against Hawaii is on August twenty sixth. They leave on August twentieth. So that's crazy. I mean, I think today is what the the eighth. They have twelve more days, and that's it. And they're off to Australia. So. Well, I mean, of course, they get to practice in Australia, um, but for at least what we can watch, we can only watch 12 more days, and that's, we exclude two Sundays, that's 10 days, only 10 more days of real practice. So, it's exciting. It is, it is. We're almost there. It's almost time for football. (laughs) It's almost there. I mean, I would have said football season is back, except the Hall of Fame game last night got canceled. Did it really? Yeah, something about uh, the the paint on the field, it hardened too much. I think they said they used the wrong type of paint um, on the field at Cannon. Like the, you know, like the, the, the spray paint they used to make sure. the designs and stuff, like at like the 20-yard line and things like that. I think they just used the wrong paint, and it just hardened up the grass. So Scary. The entire team, <laughs> if you didn't even watch the, the entire team, the, the Vikings and the, the Packers, they're just... They were just walking on the field, like, taking selfies. Oh, like, wow. both teams are just, like, mingling. Because everyone got ready for the game, and it got canceled, like, a, a, like a few hours before kickoff. Oh, really? Yeah. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers was there. Like, there's a picture Cal Football put up on Instagram of, like, Trevor Davis, Richard Rodgers, um, I believe Steph McClure, and one more guy. that um, They just, they all took a picture together. Uh, so That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my bad. It wasn't the Vikings. It was the Colts. Yeah, was That's right. Say. It was the Colts. It was, it's, the, it's the Packers and the Colts. So so football season is not quite here yet. It will be here this week. NFL preseason, I believe, starts this weekend. So football season is literally... It's upon us. It's upon us. Football season is upon us. Can't wait. Um, some recruiting news for football. Nothing. No recruiting news. Uh, let's move on to some basketball talk. So first off, uh, some NBA talk. Jalen Brown is wearing the number seven shirt, uh, different from the jerseys he's wearing for spring ball. He's, I think, or for summer league, he wore number nine. So he's wearing number seven. He's taking the departed Jared, Jared Sullinger's jersey, number seven, uh, which looks nice. I like the number seven. Seven's a good number. Uh, and then, of course, some news about our Bears, current Bears. 
John Rothstein, CBS Sports, he wrote an article the other day about like uh, like eight or six things to like watch out in the Pac-12 for, and he wrote an article. He wrote that article, and the first thing he wrote wrote the first thing he writes is Ivan Rab is a National Player of the Year candidate. Uh, let me just read this to you. Cal has had had as talented a team as nearly anyone in college basketball last season when everyone was on the floor, and that limited Ivan Rab's ability to have the type of impact that he was capable of. Nevertheless, the six foot eleven, two hundred twenty pound big man could still have left school early after his freshman year and have been a lottery pick, but opted opted to return to Berkeley and have a bigger role as a sophomore. That's bad news for the rest of the Pac-12. Rab only averaged seven point seven shots attempted last season, still averaged twelve point five points per game and eight point six rebounds while shooting an impressive sixty one point five percent from the floor. With Ty Wallace, Jalen Brown, Jordan Matthews no longer with the Bears program, look for Rab to become a focal point and flourish in Cal, for, for Cal in 2016-17. The Oakland native can conceivably average 20 and 10. There you have it. We might have a National Player of the Year on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's exactly where I think Ivan should go. Like... Um, last year, it didn't feel like every game that we were either at or watched it, it was always like, man, I wish we could get him the ball more. Yeah. And then they would, he got, I mean, what this doesn't say is how many doubles that he faced down yeah. low. Other teams knew that, and that's why he was a smart player in dishing the ball and not taking contested shots, which Jalen actually didn't do that well. Um, I feel like we did camp him out on the blocks too much. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we want to get Ivan more involved, the pick and roll game is going to be really important because he can roll, he can slide out and hit that 15 footer, um, or you know he he just stays behind because we saw it in the Arizona game. They said last year the one thing he was he's been working on adding this game all season long was that three point shot, and he hit that top of the key three um, against Arizona, and his form looked mighty good. That was awesome. So, you know, if if that's become something that he was worked on all summer and that becomes consistent, then that adds another a- aspect to his game, right? To an already pretty good game. So, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit for that kid, really. Um, and I am I know you and I are both very excited for the basketball season this year. I can't wait. So It's just, it's cool. It's exciting. Yeah. We haven't had like this much excitement coming around our money sports in a long time. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it um, right before, and we'll talk about it with recruiting. Is for Cal basketball recruiting, I really was a four star power forward. One of my favorite guys that I really want here just because he's really good. He's a four star, and on top of that, he's half Korean. So, (laughs) as I said, it gives me a reason to take a Korean flag to the game every game. All right. So, we're in his top nine. Troy Brown who is arguably a top 10 player in the country. Uh, he's rated, He's some people rate him as a point guard or have him as a point guard, but he's 6'6". So some people put him at small forward, but he thinks he's a point guard. Um, I don't remember. Anyone remember the last 6'6 six, six point guard? Uh, maybe, yeah, Tyree. Yeah. He's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Or Anthony Davis. Or Anthony Davis. Or Magic, <laughs> Magic Johnson. Um, so, yeah, I mean. That's nuts. We have two guys that are four-star, five-star guys. And we were talking about this before. The hype, the hype around the basketball team, right? You know, it just feels like yesterday that, the you know, we're going after the lower-tier three-star guys. You yeah. Know, like, the hype around recruiting wasn't that big. Um, Montgomery you know, specifically never seemed to go after the big recruits that we wanted. No. I, I always felt like 
You know, Jordan Matthews is four stars, right? Yep. And I always Jabari always, was at the five star of that class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jabari is the outlier. Yeah. And he did really well. I think Crab was only was he a he's four? a four star. Yeah. yeah. So I do like that we're going up for this as as you said, not to steal your thunder. Yeah. But there's reason to believe that Cal could have more talent in the future than we had this last season. I've, I mean, we're in the mix, right? Even last season, we were in the mix for five-star guys. This season, we're in the mix for five-star guys. The fact that we're at least in the conversation, right, puts us in a good spot. Because at some point, some of these guys are going to have to swing to us if they're if we're constantly in, in their head. Um, and we did that with Ivan and Jalen, right? So if we do that with, with the two top five guys... You know what's to say down the road it doesn't happen again? And I'm not I'm not saying that we, that's the expectation we should put on our team, but it does seem like that's the trend we're going at. Is that we're we're gonna go after the guys that fit our program, you know, are, and are academically good and are smart, right? We're not the blue bloods that are just gonna bring in you know guys, flash, play one year, gone in the NBA. Like that's not our deal. But we're gonna go for guys if they're a high recruit and they want to come to an academically challenging school. Then they're going to come here, um, and but the fact that we're constantly in the mix for five star, four star guys, and then our backups are the four star slash three star guys, just just bumps us up in terms of recruiting. Um, we used to be the the flip side, right? The occasional like maybe once every five years or six years five star, and then we would go for you know lower tier four star, three star guys, but now that's not the case anymore. So that's cool. It's kind of scary. Yeah, because at Cal, it always feels like there's something. Yeah, it's like a glass game. house. Something's gonna break real soon. It feels very calm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so keep it up, everyone. Please do, please. Coach Conzo has been a revelation for us, and I hope that continues. I mean, just look at this season, right? Who would expected we would start the season with a four-star point guard like Charlie Moore coming in? That that was yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I mean, we were in the mix for him, and then thankfully Josh Pashner left Memphis for Georgia Tech, and now we ended up with Charlie Moore, who is apparently, uh, you know, Randall has been in his ear. So another Chicago point guard to another Chicago point guard. We're looking good. We're looking good. We're looking hype. Do we have questions from fans? We do not have any questions from fans today. Well, um, we have a question. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this to, to end. Michigan just became the first school to have Jordan Brand on their jerseys. Basketball? Mm, football. I don't know if you got to look at that. So Michigan just switched over from Adidas to Nike, but they're being sponsored by Jordan now. So they're under Nike, but everything's Jordan. So their football jersey, the the gloves. Good move for Nike, too. Yeah. You think that's a good move? I think so. I think because so many people are familiar with the Nike brand and as Under Armour makes a bigger footprint in Adidas, they're going to continue to try and distinguish away from what you're used to. So you'll see more people doing alternative look, like al- yeah, alternate looks. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I mean, well, they did it themselves in a way, like Oregon running out a different jersey combination every single game. So I think, yeah, surface level from a brand perspective, I think it's pretty, it's cool because, yeah, you have the same sponsor, but you have an entirely different feel. Yeah. And so... Uh, does it make sense? No, I don't think so. I don't think as a football player, I'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. But who the, who the hell doesn't want to wear Jordans? No, who doesn't? And it's just, for me, the, the thing that's weird 
is that the Jordan Brand logo is his of his airness himself mm-hmm. going for a dunk with a ball in his hand. Change it to a football. <laughs> is that is that what we're gonna need now? How tight would it be though if they did the, the uh, little logos change the football? Was it Charles Woodson that did the Heisman, or was it uh, Desmond Howard? Oh, the Heisman Heisman move. Yes, yeah. like the stiff arm. Was, was it Woodson? Yeah, they yeah. know the Michigan one, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So that's how tight would it be if they switched it over to the, that? Maybe. Oh yeah, that would be cool. That would be pretty cool. Otherwise, yeah, they're not playing basketball. No. Well, I mean, even with that, like. All this idea of like having the sponsors on the front of the basketball jerseys, I think that's happening now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the NBA, right, um, has started one. They get a little patch on the front. That's what they're starting with. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I've, you know, the world, you know, world soccer, you know, European soccer, We've there's always been a, a sponsor across the front of the shirt. Like, it's just, it's been iconic to have whatever sponsor it is. Um, it's you just a part of the football, world. man. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the world does it. Um, Actually, right, so what I'll tell you, um, after having gone, I've been to the, so there's Livermore Outlets. Yes. Went there this yes. last weekend uh, to get some stuff. So I went through the Nike store, and then I went through the Under Armour store. And I've done this before. I went down to Joshua Tree, and on my way back up with my buddy, we went to the Nike store and went to the Under Armour store. Uh-huh. The Nike store has it down. Under yeah. Armour, it knows what it's trying to accomplish but it is failing in its execution of doing so yes you walk into nike you know where the shoes are you know where the sizes are you go in and you have like fresh line number one exactly number two fresh line number three basketball like they have it all sectioned out under armor it's like you have curry twos next to these like really flat weird looking running shoes (laughs) and then all these different varieties and uh the store itself is like it's not overly like easy to grasp they don't really say men's women's just kind of like it's just a there. It's yeah, just it's there. Just there. And so um, it scares me. It scares me as a Cal fan because of that shirt and how I, how much I love that freaking jacket and how much I love these shorts. You know, it's and it scares me. By the way, I'm wearing a quarter zip Nike Cal jacket and he's wearing Nike Cal shorts. So yes. Yeah. Just because yeah. people can't see us and they're saying that shirt, that jacket, <laughs> you know, you're pointing at me, but yeah, that's what we're wearing right now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit scary just because you want your brand. And by the way, I bought the curry too. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you want your players to look as best as possible, as well as like this Under Armour store on campus. I hope they think about how they're going to execute because like right now, if you held them side by side, it's very obvious which one's been there for a longer period of time. Yeah. That's fine. Growing pains, what have you. Um, I think the bigger thing is, is that they, you know, in terms of those outlets and how they've done it, it's maybe it is twofold. Maybe it is one. They just don't have the inventory to be able to pull out something like Nike does. Um, and you know, there's been rumors uh, about those Nike outlets and like the J Crew outlets and stuff that they produce those clothes separately. Like it's just made for the outlets. They make it on the cheap just for the outlets. It's not stuff that are actually sold like at Nordstrom's or at a Nike store that's left over and they bring over. Maybe the shoes, probably the shoes, most likely. Um, you because you find shoes that you wanted at the sto- Nike store, and then a few months later, a year later, you find them at the outlets, but. Clothing wise, that's they just have the the infrastructure of the company and and just the supply lines to be maybe able to do it that way. Under Armour uh, right now, not not really. I mean, no one really, you know, you don't 
go out with your friends and go like, oh, I need a new pair of shorts. Like, what should I get? Like, Under Armour is not one of the, like the couple you name. I you try know? every time. I yeah. try. Yeah. Because I remember I went to Under Armour back in when I was playing tennis, like really, really competitively in high school, and I bought Under Armour shorts. I was Under Armour decked fully out. I applied to be one of their athletes, which I didn't get <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. So I really like their the texture of their clothes. I think they're mm-hmm. unbelievably comfortable. Yeah, um, I mean, I the, the the whole reason Under Armour exploded was because it was the Under Armour, right? It was the you know, everyone wears Nike Pro Combat now, right. but the, the the compression fit stuff was originally all Under Armour, like the turtleneck compression stuff for the winter. I mean, that that stuff was money. I had so many. Of yeah, it was it was on point. Um, but then, of course, Nike picked up on that, and then now they exploded with the whole Pro Combat series. But you know, yeah, I mean, it does scare me. Um, they definitely need to up their marketing game really badly, really badly. They haven't figured out the shoe design look yet. No, they haven't. And, the Curry 2s, though, I will say, I know they look ugly when you see them online. I saw them in person and was like, those are tight. I'm buying them. Which ones did you get? The Curry 2 Lows. The... They're, they're the ones that got made fun of for being dad shoes. But oh, the all-white ones? I'm 28 now. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, you could uh, be a dad. They're, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're all black. Oh, they're all black. I also okay. got these. So I got okay. these. I got... Twos, I got these in orange and black for the Giants. Yeah. And then these blue and grays, which I don't wear if the Dodgers are in town. And then, um, yeah, the Curry 2s all black that I'm going to try and rock at work. And I got that bonus. Yeah, they're like, they have the little, you know, Steph SC on them and all that. Yeah, I mean, realistically, they just need that one shoe, right? Like the Nike was all has been, you know, a few years back, Nike came out with the freeze, Dude, right? And that was such freeze. a big deal. Everyone went with the freeze. Then I have Adidas so many Nike freeze. Exactly. They're and then amazing. And then Adidas comes out like two years ago with the boosts, you know, with the pure boosts and the the, the, the ultra boosts that everyone's craving right now. Is are the, there these? The ones I'm wearing are the pure boosts. The ultra boosts are the ones that like everyone's been wanting. They're Those like hundred and eighty dollars. Nice. Oh, oh really? Yeah. But I mean, if you're looking for a shoe long term, oh, just a walking and running shoe, I mean they're they're so comfortable. Hmm. And, oh my god. Um but yeah, they don't. They need that shoe. They need that one thing, like that one casual shoe that appeals to everyone that everyone wants. Like okay. Adidas has done such a good job over the last couple of years, you know, pairing it with Kanye, right? Pairing it with, uh, you know, they put their boost technology in everything now, in their soccer shoes and their basketball shoes, and then they they design that running shoe that looks pretty, looks fashionable, that everyone wants. Under Armour doesn't have that. We need that. And blue and gold is a great color. It is. It to is. Be able to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, some I've seen some of their football stuff, and we've talked about this. Like you, we saw the the whole uh, California flag. You know, the cleats, um, and then the Cam Newton, like the all gold ones. Mm-hmm. Like those look nice. Those look nice. But we need you need to funnel some of that energy into making like a like a hundred to hundred hundred sixty dollar range type of just shoe that. Anybody can wear on any given day. Yeah. And, and it looks nice. Dying for as a consumer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like I see Under Armour and I see Nike and it's, I give them equal share of my time. They've won that with this, with Steph Curry and with what they've done exactly. and all their other efforts. They're on the level. They just need to like. They just need that one thing that entices me to buy something from their store every time. Yeah. Like I'm not going to constantly buy basketball shoes from you. I bought these Under Armour shoes 
that I only wear hiking because they're way more functional than the <laughs> Nike Freeze are. Yeah. Nike Freeze aren't good hiking shoes. They no. Have no grip. But it's it's a good everyday shoe. Oh my God. The best, yeah. right? Exactly. So I buy these Under Armour shoes because so I was like, well, these look like they have a lot more grip. Good for yeah. hiking in. Yeah, they got the sick UA in the back. But they're just not like – you don't get the comments. I was telling this to Diana. Yeah. I was like, you don't get the people coming in and be like, oh, they're sick shoes. Nice. Yeah. Where'd you get them? It's like they're like, oh, like, eh. And yeah. then – with the Nikes that I rock most of the time, I'm like, oh, like, where'd you get those? I'm like, yeah. all right, tight. Like, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And I haven't. You haven't gotten that with Under Armour yet. I haven't got it yet. Yeah. So I want I want them to really nail it with Cal. I wonder if we could become like brand ambassadors as the podcast hosts. Maybe. Maybe sponsored by, presented by Under Armour. Uh, we could, we'd have to throw all the shoe. We'd have to throw all the stuff away. Like we wouldn't be able to wear any of this. Yeah, so true. <laughs> so true. Maybe the, maybe the North Face you're wearing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe something that's also unaffiliated. At also at the outlets. Yeah. Amazing sale, by the way. If you're in the that's right. The the, 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 only, the only North Face outlet, uh, I think, in the entire world, is here, at Berkeley. No, no, they have one in Livermore. Oh, they do have one in Livermore now. It's new. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. yeah, the one in Berkeley. The one in Berkeley is like the original. Yeah. Like, that's, that, that's where I got all my backpacks going through college. Yeah. <laughs> I got my jackets when I was <laughs> Exactly, exactly. All right. Um, that wraps it up for us. Um, and, you know, as always, you know where to find us. Uh, you find me on Twitter, Rob11HWNG. Follow us at, at Golden Blogs on Twitter if you want to. Um, we live tweet from every single practice during the day. So every every day, just check it around 3 p.m. Uh, we'll start tweeting out stuff that we see at practice. And I might try to sneak into practice. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe next Friday. Yeah, you can just uh, you can tweet at us any questions we have about practice, and we'll uh, we'll be sure to answer them. Uh, and then um, you can read all our stuff. My notebook, my practice notebooks go up uh, the day after practice every day. Um, so they'll be up tomorrow. It actually won't be me tomorrow, but. Yeah, the practice levels do go up every week. So if you want to take a look, please take a look. Um, and then if you have any questions, comments, concerns about our podcast, uh, email us at cgbbearcast at gmail.com. And then, of course, on iTunes, rate us, comment, give us stars. Like us on SoundCloud. Like us on SoundCloud. Show us some love. If, if there's any other platforms you would like us to be on for your, for the, for your enjoyment, uh, let us know. I'm trying to get us on the... T- Tune in radio. They have a podcast tra- uh, station on there. Oh, sick. Um, so that's where they broadcast all the radio. Exactly, like exactly. That. So we're trying to get in on there. Um, if you have any other platforms, please let us know, and uh, I'll be sure to look into it. Uh, but other than that, uh, that's it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the whole damn world. This is bear territory. You know it. Why? You tell the story. Why? You tell the Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.